we all go through life um, in three different kinds of ship, right? We have the, the sinking ship, right? We're in this ship only for survival, right? You're only mm -hmm. in this for survival. And then we have the cruise ship. The cruise ship is all about enjoyment, right? If life is all, you know, let's have fun and, you know, that's all there is to it. And then there is the battleship. The battleship is yeah. mission-oriented. It has focus. It takes, it takes risks. Um, and there's a little bit more. It's laser-focused. So we've got to identify what kind of ship you want to be in. If, if everybody... Staying motivated takes work. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Join Umar Jang as he shares inspirational stories and tips to get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is the Motivational Voice Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number 29. It's good to be with you once again to bring you some motivation and positivity in your day. When was the last time that you did something that truly brought you joy? And I mean just you and not with a bunch of other people, just you doing something that really makes you happy. If you answer, well, gosh, I, I don't know, it's been a while, then I encourage you to make time to do just that. Life is too short to put off some of those small joys. By the way, I want to hear from you. I want to know what types of episodes, what types of stories you want to hear on the podcast. I put together a brief two-minute survey that I would love for you to use to tell me what you think, to tell me what you like, what you don't like about the podcast. And if you do fill out the survey, please send me a message and let me know that you did that so I can give you a shout out on the show. Thank you very much in advance for doing that. And I will put the link to the survey in the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get down to business. My guest today is Fred Gaddy. Fred is a thought leader in human potential with a passion for helping people sculpt life strategies that expand their imagination of what's possible. He focuses on the fundamentals of human behavior that affect personal and business performance, challenging mindsets and paradigms that hold them back. He joins me today to share tips on how to overcome limiting beliefs we may have picked up from our past experiences or our upbringing. This is a very interesting take on how some of the behaviors that we have vis-a-vis -vis certain things in life may be stopping us from living the life we want. Let's listen to my interview with Fred. All right, Fred, thank you and welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Omar, for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, likewise. It's a pleasure to, uh, to flip the script on you. I, I know that normally you're the one behind the microphone asking the questions. <laughs> it, feels, it feels good to be, uh, to be on the other side for a change. So, right, yeah. right. <laughs> Definitely. So who is Fred and what do you do? Very great question. I don't think I've ever been asked that question before. I, I get to ask people a lot, but uh, I think it's interesting for me to have to answer um, who Fred is. I, I describe myself, Omar, as a... Um, a thought leader, um, and my mission is to help challenging, challenge uh, the mindsets and paradigms uh, that hold people back. Um, I have a full-time job, but my, my, what brings me satisfaction really um, uh, is, is just anything to do with my calling, right? So I'm a podcaster, as you already know. Um, I'm an up-and-coming author um, of the book, Believe There Become. I'm a life coach, uh, I'm a trainer, and, and I'm a speaker, but everything I do really uh, is geared towards helping people discover who they are and helping them overcome uh, some of the challenges that they've been through in life. 
Yeah, so that the I know we'll definitely talk a little bit about the book towards uh, the end of the podcast, but that should be exciting to be to be writing a book. Uh, how how is that process going? Oh gosh, uh, this book has been um, has been in the works uh, for the past seven years. I I started it, but the timing had never been perfect. Uh, along the line, life happened. I had to put it on hold to complete my. Uh, graduate school um, and all the competing priorities with work, with the new job and all that. And I felt like this year uh, with everything else going on was a year that um, it had to happen. I also had the opportunity to interview um, some guests on my podcast whose stories um, made it into the book um, as well. So um, it's been a fun experience. I think I'm at a point where I, I feel very confident that uh, the timing of this book is is is, is perfect um, to meet the needs of, of of the world today. So, looking forward to to it coming out sometime in the fall. That's great. Yeah, it it always seems that the timing is never right, and I I, I generally talk about that where whenever you want to do something, there's always something else that kind of yeah. gets in the way. And uh, you know, I don't know if it's that's behavioral or if it's just nature uh, life's way of getting in the way i think it's just life we're we're always going to have uh reasons and excuses not to do something but i think that's really where the intentionality comes in um so um it's, it's really just life you have a good reason to do something you're going to have 10 other reasons why you shouldn't do it so and you mentioned uh, we'll actually dig a little deep on that you mentioned earlier that you know so you talk about uh, mindset and 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 paradigms be how how behaviors can can affect our, our personal and professional lives. Can can you talk a little bit about about that? What what are some of those behaviors that we generally that generally get get in our way? That's a great question, Omar. I think a lot of uh, the behaviors uh, stem from our own experiences, uh, different experiences in life, right? So it's whether it's it's through an event, um, a catastrophic event. Um, or some of the cultural and social constructs that we grew up with uh, or things that we've been told or just our, our, our personal uh, learned behaviors, right? Mindsets and, and belief system. There is a, a story that I always share uh, that illustrates some of uh, these behaviors and how uh, inhibiting they can be. It's a story you've probably heard about, uh, about a, 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 when elephants are trained for, uh, for, for circus events. When the baby elephant is... Um, is, is discovered or, or it's, it's identified. They tie this rope or it's tethered to um, to a truer pole where it's mm. not allowed to move, right? And so this elephant goes through this process for however long um, the trainers think it should. And so this ele- every time, of course, it tries to make a move, it's, it's tied to that pole and so it can't move. And so along the way or over time, this elephant somehow believes that it's not meant to move, right? It's that its whole mm-hmm. life is tethered to that to that tree. Even when that elephant is released, when that uh, chain is unshackled, because it's so used to how it's lived its life tethered to that particular tree, it takes a lot of effort for it to actually r- realize that it's 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 free, right? And so a lot of us go through life, and whether our experiences are shaped by you know, whatever we go through, belief systems or things that we've been told, we buy into that so much that it takes a lot of effort to be able to come unglued, all right, to change Mm -hmm. those behaviors. And so if these are behaviors that stop us from becoming all that we want to be in life, 
then that becomes more problematic, right? It takes a lot more effort to unglue or unlearn or challenge some of those paradigms and constructs, which is really what I've committed my life um, uh, to helping other people overcome. That's interesting because that the the elephant being tethered is is in a in a way a metaphor of of things that are, that can hold us back yep. in our lives, yep. and in some cases in it may be psychological or it may be yeah. emotional, yeah. but we may not even realize it because if, if you lived in a town and that's all you know, and you, you don't know that on the other side of the town, there's a, there's the ocean yeah. really. How do you become aware of those limitations and those behaviors? I think in life, Omar, you've got to learn to push the boundaries, right? The fact that something is, does not mean that it's always going to be the same, right? So that's mm. what we have to, try to overcome that. There is a, I'm a storyteller, so please indulge me here. There is a story um, that I heard about um, a man who during the gold rush um, many, many years ago um, was determined to go find uh, gold. So he left his own country in Williamsburg, Maryland, all the way to Colorado to go dig up gold. And so he went, he found a shovel and then he started to dig and then he came across what he thought uh, was a little bit of gold. He was so elated. He covered that up, went back, rented tools, brought his family together to help him. And so they came with all the tools and they started digging and then they found um, gold. So they started digging and they got to a point where it seemed like was the end of it. Hmm. Um, and so he gave up, uh, sold the tools, uh, went back with his family and then sold everything to, uh, to a junk man. This, this is a true story, by the way. This junk man bought the tools and then came back to this exact same spot where this man and his family were digging gold and, um, and decided to give up. And he hired an engineer to come assess that environment to tell them exactly what they needed to do. Lo and behold, this engineer came and realized that they were three feet short of discovering what would have been the biggest discovery ever. Three feet. But because somehow they had tapped out or Run, of, run out of ideas or didn't seem to think beyond that immediate environment. They, they gave up entirely. And this engineer, with the help of this engineer, this junk man discovered what was worth many, many, many hundreds of millions of gold only because he decided to tap into someone else's expertise. So we get to that point, Omar, where we're stuck and maybe all we need is someone else's expertise, a different perspective mm-hmm. to help us go beyond our own environment, beyond our construct, beyond our beliefs to be able to get to where we want to get to. That's where I think a lot of uh, these behaviors um, get us into trouble because in our own mind, we don't see anything past where we are, right? So we have these limitations, but if we could only get past that limitation, whether it be uh, a mentor or a book or a counselor or a life coach or whoever who we can enlist to help us get behind or beyond those immediate environments, a lot of us will find ourselves in great places in life. That's where the behavior change comes into play. Yeah, no, that's very powerful. And I love stories too. I mean, certainly, uh, by the way, it's a, it's a good way to, to, to bring your, your points and then make them clear. Some of us, I know some of us are more open to change or more open to trying new things, whereas others may not be so much. For, for those of us who maybe someone who's listening and thinking, yeah, you know, I want to try new things. I want to push myself, but it never really works out in my favor. 
I just, I'd rather just stick to what I know works. Uh, I have what I have and that's enough for me. What would you say to those kind of people? You know, it comes down to personal choice, Omar. You can't really force someone beyond where they feel they want to be, right? They have to have mm. that desire. Desire is the beginning of everything. If I want to get to from point A to point B, I have to have that desire. If that desire is not there, desire is not something you teach. I mean, you can talk to me until I'm blue, until you're blue in the face. Mm. If that desire or that um, willingness, right, to, to, to take that step is not there, you know, we teach change management and all of that, but that's why a lot of organizations struggle with change management because it's a mindset. It's a cultural shift that has to take place. But to help people change, you have to help them see the big picture. If they don't mm. see the big picture, it's not going to get them anywhere. So if someone is saying, look, this is, this is how it's always been done. I'm okay with it. That's their mindset, right? But until mm. you help them see differently, here is why... I think you need to be able to see differently. Here's why life is better this way. Here's why taking this step could lead you down that path. Until that ability to understand um, is, is, is kindled or rekindled in the mind of whoever is looking at it, it becomes a losing battle. And that's why organizations spend a lot of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, trying to, uh, to foster a change um, uh, environment. But what I think they fail to do is helping people understand. If they know the why or if they understand why, then they throw themselves behind it. But if that desire is not there, if I don't see any immediate benefit, if all I'm seeing is this is life, this is horrible, if I'm not able to change that mindset to see things mm. differently, then I'm stuck. So how bad do you want it, right? If I want another job, but then because every time I send an application out, I get a, re a rejection letter, so I become comfortable the desire has to be strong enough to keep me going, right? If the mm -hmm. desire is not strong enough, I stay where I'm at and I think this is all there is to be and I resign my life to live in this way. It's really all about desire. And does this mean for those who may be in, in an environment where they are surrounded by people that necessarily don't have the same, the same mentality or the same, same uh, ambitions, if you will, that hold them back in a situation like that what would they have to do to to be to overcome really to to break away from that that mentality of you know what i have is good enough and uh, i'm not looking to change because change is too hard I, that's a, that, that's a great question um you ha you have to have your own goals right you have to have your own um destination right? and again mm -hmm. the three another metaphor metaphor that um i actually heard about this today that we all go through life um in three different kinds of ship right we have the the sinking ship right we're in this ship only for survival right you're only mm -hmm. in this for survival and then we have the cruise ship the cruise ship is all about enjoyment right if life is all you know let's have fun and you know that's all there is to it. and then there's the battleship the battleship is yeah. mission-oriented, it has focus, it takes, it takes risks, um, and there's a little bit more. It's laser-focused. So we've got to identify what kind of ship you want to be in. If, if everybody else is in that sinking ship, but I want to be in that battleship, I have to realize the cost of breaking away from or jumping from that mm -hmm. sinking ship into, into that battleship, right? So it comes down to being having a definite net of purpose. A lot of these... Uh, Thought leaders, Napoleon Hill, um, 
Thomas Edison um, mm. uh, and all these other guys, um, Jim Rohn, it comes down to definite net of purpose. You have to know exactly what you want. If I know exactly what I want, um, I'm able to take that risk and not allow myself to, to be stuck just because everybody else is in this boat, right? And it becomes difficult because you you seem like the outsider. You're called names, you're called all sorts of things because you're you're trying to defect. It's about the, the blue crab story, right? The crab that tries mm. to get out of the bucket is a crab that gets killed because everyone else is comfortable that with that status quo. You have to become uncomfortable with a comfortable in order to be able to make that change that you want. Yeah, no, that's a very interesting take on, on, on this. Getting out of your comfort zone and, and pushing your boundaries, what are some other things that people can do to, to break away from this, this, uh, you know, these fundamental behaviors that hold us back? It, it, all starts, it all starts in the mind, right? You have to have goals. You have to know where you're going in life. There's a saying that mm-hmm. if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there right? It's like Alice in Wonderland. Alice comes to uh, the crossroads and um, she asks the Cheshire cat, you know, where do I go? The cat t- tells Alice, it all depends on, uh, on, on where you want to go in life. Alice says, well, it really doesn't matter where. And the cat says, you know, if that's the case, then any road will take you there, right? You have to know where, where you're going. Again, it comes down to having that desire. Desire mm-hmm. is not something that I can't create in you. You have to want it that bad to be able to, to, to commit to taking those steps, right? So having that goal is important. Where do you see yourself 5, 10, 20 years from now, right? And then committing yourself with those type of affirmations, you know, how or what are you going to do to get you to where you want to get to, right? And so mm. there's a lot of work, you know, that goes into it. It's not just, you know, thinking or wishing. We can all wish for what we want, Right. But desire, you decide exactly what you want to do. And the second step is there is to act. If my desire, Omar, is to get to, you know, uh, you know, travel from here, you know, to California, the desire is there. I have to act on it. What do I need to do to get myself on the road? Is it, am I going to drive for however many hours it's going to take me? Am I going to book a flight? Act on it, right? So that's the second step. The third step is to reinforce ourselves. And this is where a lot of us miss it. Because we decide to do something, we run into obstacles and we give up completely because, oh, it's too hard, you know, or you try a first time, a second time, a third time, and you fail. People who get to where they are today are people who've tried. How many times haven't we heard people like Kendall Saunders who, who, who tried over 1,000 times to sell that uh, chicken recipe and now we have KFC, right? How many times haven't we had Thomas Edison try over 1,000 times to invent the, the light bulb? What if they had given up after 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 120 times? We wouldn't be where we are today, right? It takes that persistence. It takes that desire. After you get knocked down, you get back up. And that's where it's difficult because some of those experiences are not pleasant. Life hits you back in the face. You fall down. Maybe you you lose your job. You lose a loved one. And these are real situations or life events that stop a lot of people from getting back up. That's what we have to guard against, you know, those types of things. Yes, adversity is going to come, cry, Mm. mourn, do whatever you need to do. But after that, you've got to get back up. And the last step is to evolve. Life is all about learning. You know, you make a mistake. You don't stop there. What did I learn from here? What lessons can I take from here to get me back to where I want? I call this the DARE principle, right? D-A-R-E. You decide where you want to go. You act on it. 
you reinforce and then you evolve. It's a process. You can't allow the fact that something happens to you today or tomorrow to stop you. That's really what life is all about. If it was rosy, you know, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have all the problems we have today, but it's really about giving yourself, committing yourself and putting, putting yourself through the mill to get you where you want to get to in life. Now that's a very good advice. Now you coach people, uh, you are a life coach, as, as you mentioned. Are there certain things that, that certain maybe it's trends or certain behaviors that you see more often in people than, than not? One of the things that I see a lot, Omar, is about uh, motivating yourself, right? Finding the need to keep going. One of the questions mm -hmm. I ask people a lot during coaching sessions is, is what wakes you up in the morning? What gets you going? Right. And we hear different things, you know, it's family, you know, it's, it's, you know, I want to make a difference in life. So finding that ability to motivate that self, yourself, mm. that's why a lot of people need coaches, right? Because if they could do it for themselves, then they wouldn't need coaches. Right. So the ability to motivate yourself. And that's what we, we do when we're coaching. We don't, we don't tell people what to do. We ask questions. Right. So why are you in this position? What do you think you can do better? What are some of the options? What can you learn from this? And so it's, it's helping them uncover, you know, or discover some of the answers within them. That's really what coaching is all. It's not about telling because most yeah. people know what's wrong with them, right? It's, it's, they know it. It's just that they need the help to be able to get out of that. And so what motivates them is, is, really, um, is, is, is really one of the big things that I think a lot of, a lot of coaches or life coaches um, you know, have to deal with. That's, that's one of the trends that I see, um, you know, or, or a theme really um, across board. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I, sometimes I have people come to me and they, they want me to tell them what to do. I, I was on a, on, a, on, a, on a discovery call with a, with a potential client and she, she wanted me to tell her what to do <laughs> in a certain situation, whereas I think you're right. There's a misunderstanding between you have all the answers within you as a coach. We can guide you to find the right answers and do the right things, but we we're not in the business of telling you what to do. In that yeah. case, we it's kind of like we we stop teaching you learn teaching you how to fish. You know that example. In that case, we're just giving you a fish, and yeah. if we go away, then you don't you don't know how to feed yourself all of a sudden. Exactly. All right. So that yeah, that's a good point that that you brought up. Yeah. Are there any any uh, applications from from a business standpoint? And we talked about how this can affect the person on a personal level and in our lives. What about the business side? Are there any? Is the application the same or is it different? The, the, these can be applied across board. The, the same dare thing, right? So for an organization, you know, maybe dealing with with change, for instance, um, mm. you can apply the same dare principle. It's that desire, right? Or it's that it's that deciding on where an organization wants to, to get to, right? So maybe it's to maybe increase revenue by maybe 20, 30%, whatever, or to maybe reduce attrition in a particular department or to improve morale. Identifying that goal is critical. Again, if you don't know where you're going, any road will mm. take you there, right? So it's really coming up with that objective or that strategic statement, that mission statement, whatever it is, I think is key. And then committing yourself to it. And this is where you're getting everybody else on that bandwagon, right? Getting the employees to see why they need for change. Oftentimes, in my experience, you know, they come up with, oh, here's where we're going. And you find resistance. You know, people don't want to, you know, get on board. It's because they don't understand why. 
if you're telling me that the reason I have to, you know, be at work at a certain time uh, is really to help one ensure that the customers who are waiting on the phone get get the help that they need and it doesn't result in bad service. Now, now I see why. But if you don't tell me why, ah, they're just micromanaging me. They just want so helping people understand the why. I think is huge. So if corporations mm. in their change efforts or change initiatives can spend some more time uh, on the why, the why, once they know the why, once you can get the people's buy-in or your employees' buy-in, they'll throw their weight behind everything that you do. And then also mm. to, 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 to reinforce yourself, right? There are going to be changes. A lot of organizations, Omar, that started this year, had no idea that they would have the employees working from home. I'm sure a lot of them had plans, you know, you know, events and things like that in the workplace yeah. and all of that. No one knew that, you know, four months into the year or five months into the year, a lot of businesses will be shut down. Life throws companies curveballs, right? But the companies that are able to adapt are the ones that 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 end up, um, you know, in, in better places. So again, this is not the end of it. There are going to be a lot of changes and things like that. What can we learn? How can we you know, think ahead. How can we be flexible, malleable to make sure that we're, we're riding the waves? No one knows what's going to happen. And then to evolve, mm -hmm. you're not going to get it right the first time, right? You're going to make mistakes and things like that. But what can we learn out of this to ensure that if this happens again, we can be, we can better. Leaders, a lot of leaders haven't dealt with managing through crisis like this before, right? It's new to a lot of people. But again, you know, I think vulnerability, you know, being willing to learn from my mistakes, listening to your employees, listening to feedback, and then, you know, going through, through this together, right? Um, I think is one way mm -hmm. that organizations uh, can get ahead. What is the, the cost of not, and this could be an emotional cost or any type of other cost that of not really practicing this. So, so from a personal level, what, what will it cost me to not understand these these behaviors that set me back or hold me back as a person. If I understand you correctly, what is the cost of not being willing to change? Right. Basically, yeah. Who knows, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's really hard. And that's why, you know, companies like uh, Kodak and, and Blockbuster and, you know, other companies, um, you know, aren't here today, right? Uh, sometimes it's the experience that's the best teacher people say, but I don't believe mm -hmm. so. I think learning from other people's experiences as the best teacher because yeah. you may not be able to come out of that experience alive and whole, right? So if it's happened to one organization or if it's happened to someone else, what is it that you can learn? Umar, that's why we have books. That's why we have all yeah. those books. Book, book. There are a lot of experiences in there that people have put in those books um, that I don't want to go through, right? I want right. to read those books and understand and learn some of their lessons so I can apply them to my life, right? Because sometimes the cost, like you rightly said, can be painful. Mm -hmm. There is no guarantee that you may be able to come out of that alive or sane. That's why I'm a reader. That's why I like to read. That's what we're doing, what we are today. So if someone is listening, there's a lot that can be learned, right? There are book, good yeah. podcasts out there like yours and books and things like that. Learn from other people's mistakes because the cost, while we can't exactly predict exactly what that would be, um, some of these costs are, are just uh, irrecoverable. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think there's a there's a, a call to action there for personal development if you are an individual and for companies to be well to be willing to change, to be adaptable, to 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 be willing to 
really, I guess, by being nimble because oh, you're absolutely. right to your point, you know, we've seen so many companies go under because yeah. they were rigid. I mean, uh, the biggest example in the US is we all remember Blockbuster Video, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> we thought they would they would never go under. Yeah. But, you know, I think we're down to one Blockbuster yeah. in the United States yeah. that's left standing now. Yeah. I was asking my kids the other day, uh, whether they knew what, what a Walkman or a Discman was. They, they had no idea. <laughs> they had yeah. no idea. My wife, who is a, a, a teacher, uh, an elementary school teacher, was sharing a joke with me. Uh, they had this uh, boombox in their classroom, um, and they I guess they play CDs or whatever. And one of the four-year-olds, I guess, went to uh, the boombox and was trying to talk to it. Alexa, play so-and-so yeah. music. Right? <laughs> It's like, no, nope, I like they have, they, have, they have no idea. They have no idea what a boombox is. So yeah. that's that's we, we say this and we laugh at it, but that's how right. fast things are changing. You can't you can't not afford uh, to adapt. The yeah. cost is too high. No, that's a good point because if you were born even sometime after two thousand, you don't know any other world where there's no smartphone, no color TV, no internet uh, well, high speed and, and fiber optics yeah that's yeah, what that's, generation generation z right i think that's what they're called now z yeah gen z gen z, z is the gen z there's uh yeah they're they're well yeah they're the 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 teenagers now slash uh, yeah college students yeah but uh yeah and and you know it's not that it's their fault it's just the world changes exactly you have to be willing to change along with it yeah and that's yeah that's a very very good point and it's funny because literally earlier before at around lunchtime today, my son was asking me, he asked me a question. He said, would you be willing to go back to, to the past with the knowledge that you have today of technology and be able to take a picture with your phone? I said, well, the days of dial-up were not fun. Mm. <laughs> you sit there and, and wait for a picture to load for half an hour. That wasn't fun. It's, but, it's, it's convenience, right? I mean, uh, if I'm hot in the middle of the night and I'm feeling lazy, I can just pull out the thermostat on my phone and adjust right. the temperature, right? Or I can tell Alexa, Alexa, turn on the TV or all of that, right? So it's, of course, there are bad sides, you know, there are always yeah. the downsides to all of that. But um, no, I'd rather stick with some of the convenience, really. It <laughs> makes life a whole lot easier. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. It certainly does. What motivates you? What motivates me uh, is to is the ability to motivate other people. I know this is weird, but mm. nothing nothing is satisfying to me more than to be able to make um, an impact in the life of other people. Right? It's it's a reciprocal thing. That's really the joy. So if it's something that I say or it's a word that I say that inspires someone to do something better, that benefits them is what inspires me. So my waking mm. moments, you know, all the learning, all the reading that I do is how do I give back, right? Is it about a post or is it about something that I share? Is it about a discussion that I have or something that helps someone become better um, mm. is really, and I guess that's really what, why I do what I do because my goal is to really help other people to become better. So what motivates me uh, is to see other people uh, become motivated. Good motivation, certainly. Well, you can spend an hour with someone and literally have them have an aha moment that yeah. goes on to change their yeah. lives. And for them to come back and say, Fred, you know, or Omar, what you said was so mm. timely. I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. I needed, that's what I needed to hear, especially now. That's the best feeling ever. That's the best. Nothing, nothing trumps that at all. 
Yeah. Yeah. And we, we talked about this a little bit. You have a podcast and you, what, what made you start that podcast? Um, it's really just to have a different platform uh, to reach more people. I started with this um, as a guest, actually. Um, a friend of mine had invited me uh, to be a guest on, a, on their radio show. And mm. so I went as a guest. And by the time I walked out of that radio show, I was asked if I could, if I was willing to become uh, a host. Um, and this was oh, cool. uh, sometime towards the end of 2019. And so I started with this local radio station here in Richmond, Virginia, January mm. 2nd, right? So I'll go in and then, you know, have people come into the studio, people call in, and we'll talk about various topics, overcoming adversity and all of that. And then, and mm. then COVID happened, and then we couldn't go into the studio anymore. Um, and so I figured, well, you know, what other ways could it be? Could I start a podcast? And so that really led me to finding other ways to... Um, to reaching people if I couldn't go back into the radio station. And so I, you know, started, I got a, a host posting platform and I called mm-hmm. it time with Fred and, and it's been, it's been the best thing ever. Now I don't even go back to the radio station. I tape everything yeah. here and I send them copies. And so that's really how the time with Fred podcast was birthed. But, but mm-hmm. about five or six years ago, I had this idea, Omar, of having, a program. I think it was a desire to have like a, a TV show, a radio show called Time with Fred. So even mm. before this opportunity came for me to do this work at the radio station, I had it written down, Time with Fred. It wasn't a podcast and it was just Time with Fred right. and I had no idea what form it was going to take. And so when these guys asked me to be a host, I to, to think about it, to come up with plan, I told them, look, I have it ready. I have a name and everything just within that hour. We had a meeting, we had a discussion, and then this whole thing went through. So preparation, mm-hmm. you don't wait for the opportunity to come. When opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. So yeah. I'm always preparing. I'm like five, six, ten years down the road, knowing exactly where I want to be. That's not to me, that's not to me that I'm rigid in life, but I have a clear cut mm-hmm. goal. So when the opportunity presents itself, I'm ready to walk. No, I think it's actually, it's the opposite. Uh, yeah, you're right. I think it's interesting how sometimes our psyche will manifest something that we are going to do in the future. Yeah. Sometimes decades ahead. Before before we even know it, we know it's our, our psyche, our mind, subconscious knows. It's the power of the subconscious. Right. It's the power of the subconscious, right? That, or the law, of, the law of attraction, as, as yeah. people like to call it. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I think. Now, you, you are working on a book, uh, and you, the, I believe the working title is Believe, Dare, Become. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Right. And w- what is the, the book about? Just like the title says, right? What we believe and dare influence what we become in life. That's really the mm. subtitle. And it's, you know, our thoughts. The belief are, you know, comprised, you know, our thoughts um, what we believe are social constructs or cultural constructs or paradigms. So we, our mindset about certain things, right, then determines how we act. If yeah. I believe that it is going to rain, for instance, maybe a, a lame, a lame um, uh, example here. Mm-hmm. If I believe or somehow have a premonition that it's going to rain, um, you know, then I go out with a raincoat or an umbrella or something. It determines, it determines how, how I act. Right. Yeah. Or, or there's a feeling that, um, you know, something bad is going to happen. You got to prepare. Right. Uh, if I believe I'm going to be uh, a host of the time with Fred podcast, I got to have a plan, the name and how exactly how it's going to. So it's influencing my actions, which then influence mm-hmm. what becomes of me 
today a podcaster, right? Years ago, I had this belief, I had this idea that I was going to be a host of some type of program. It wasn't even a podcast back then. It didn't, re- it didn't ever occur to me. But it led me to take certain actions. I had to have a plan, right? So that belief or that idea or that thought influenced the actions that I took, which is now uh, made me, you know, that, that podcaster. So it could go either way, yeah. whether negative or positive. There are people who have feared uh, or have great fear that something bad is going to happen to them. And it happened. Mm-hmm. James Allen wrote a wonderful book called As a Man Thinketh, right? Our beliefs, it's all about what we believe. If you believe something bad is going to happen to you, um, the greatest fear is to fear fear itself, right? Um, if there's anything yeah. to fear. So if your life is governed around fear, this thing is going to happen to me. It's going to cause you to act a certain way and eventually the law of attraction is going to manifest itself. So the book is um, uh, was written really to help people challenge, again, the mindsets and paradigms. And there are 13 chapters comprising 13 different questions. The very first one mm-hmm. is what defines you. And I frame or I, I use that structure to help people think about some of the things, you know, what defines you, all right? And I use several stories. I use metaphors to get people thinking about where they are and where they want to where they want to be. What are some of the warning signs in life? There are personal story that, that I've woven into every single one of these chapters to help the reader challenge some of these limiting mindsets um, that, that, that we believe. So that's really what the book is about. Right. And do you have a time frame for when it's going to be released? I believe it's going to be coming out in the fall. I actually had a okay. chat with a, with a publisher this afternoon. They called me. We're going back and forth. But uh, it's going through the process. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking we should be maybe late fall, um, thereabout, we should be, it should, it should be out. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, I'll, I'll add this to the show notes to make sure that, uh, when it's out, I'll, uh, you know, we'll stay in touch so I can link it to, to whatever it is, um, uh, sold. Absolutely. And any final thoughts before we wrap up? Yes. Um, one, uh, thing I want to end on, um, and this may be a little provocative, but, um, is to have whoever is listening um, uh, to be cr- a little crazy about your dreams. Um, and I say this again with a very brief story. Um, uh, people will be tired of my stories by the time it's over. But um, <laughs> that's great. I like stories. Uh, Guglielmo Marconi uh, was a man who invented the wireless radio. When he was a kid, he loved science and tech. He was tinkering with a lot of things and. He took such affinity uh, to the science and text uh, that he came up with the idea to come up with an invention um, that will break away from, back in the day, it was a Morse code, right? That's how the ships and all these things were done. But he came up with an idea to invent a device that would transmit messages wirelessly. His own dad, who believed in Marconi's um, ability and, and genius, doubted and didn't think this guy was going to amount to anything with this with this idea uh, but his mom however believed in him and they kind of fueled or fanned the flames for him his friends at the time who heard marconi's idea to invent a wireless radio a wireless way of communicating hmm. had him checked into a psychopathic hospital because they thought he was crazy crazy for coming up with an idea to invent a wireless communication device. It turns out that the friends who thought Marconi was crazy were the ones who ended up being wrong. Marconi ended up inventing this device 
but it was interesting. Uh, he's Italian, by the way. His own country of Italy didn't think much of that advice. And so he left Italy and went to England, and it was the English who actually embraced this idea. I say this to challenge your guys listening, that you need to go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Marconi was tolerated in his home country as an Italian, but they didn't see much of what he, uh, he believed in. And so when the English started making a lot of noise about this device and they were putting it on that ships and all that, the Italians realized, ooh, this guy is really up to something. So they sent Marconi to come back, and that was when they started taking him seriously. The device that he uh, invented was one of the devices that helped the Titanic radio for help um, and ended up saving you know, a number of people. I say, yeah. this, say that sometimes you have to be a little crazy about your dreams. Right, crazy in terms of being bold enough, you know, to the point where when people are making fun of you or questioning things, if Marconi had given into the idea or thought that it was crazy, he had given into the ridicule and all of that, we wouldn't have all these devices we have today. We call smartphones. So it, could, it probably may have been invited, invented by someone else, but maybe, maybe, maybe in a different setting, right? But it takes us to be a little crazy to get mm -hmm. to where you want to be in life. It takes you to be a little crazy about your dreams, about your ideas, about your thoughts to get you to where you want to be in life. So if there's someone listening you know, or, or watching this podcast, whatever idea, whatever thought you have, be a little crazy about it. You're going to have opposition. You're going to have people who are going to question you, who are going to try to throw a monkey wrench as a say into those ideas. But guard that idea. Go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. A lot of the people who've made great strides in life other people who are crazy about the ideas, crazy enough to bring them into fruition. Go where you are celebrated and not where you're tolerated. That's a very powerful way to end, wrap things up. Thank you, Fred. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. And I appreciate you sharing uh, some knowledge and, and insight on, on this. Thank you very much. Anytime, Omar. Uh, the pleasure is mine. Thank you so much for inviting me. That was my interview with Fred Gaddy. You can find the show notes for this episode on my website at umarjang.com forward slash session 29. One thing that stood out to me about what Fred said was that we should really try multiple times before we even think about giving up. There's a quote that is attributed to Michael Jordan where he talks about how he achieves success. In that quote, he says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games, 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and I missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed." End quote. Now think about that for a second. Think about how powerful that is. Michael Jordan is highlighting how many times he failed in a game and he's seen as one of the best players in the world when it comes to basketball. And those failures eventually led him to be one of the most successful players. So next time you fail at something, I want you to get up, suck it up, and try again because your success may just be behind your next failure. Thank you for spending part of your time with me today. As always, I am humbled to have your attention Please take the state of motivation and inspiration that you are feeling right now and take the first step towards getting rid of those behaviors that are getting in your way. You may have failed previously, but it doesn't mean that you are not worthy 
of living the life that you want. My love to you and your family, and may the sun shine bright on your path. Until next time, please stay safe and motivated. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog posts at omarjang.com.